Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC and your daily reminder that the Reds are top of the league. And tonight will be seeking a place in the EFL Cup final where Chelsea await the winner of Liverpool versus Fulham. Obviously, we hold the 2-1 advantage from the first leg. We go to London tonight, hoping to secure our place in that final. It'd be nice to get the first piece of silverware ticked off good and early this season. Um, Somehow I missed this yesterday. Yesterday was Bob Paisley's 105th birthday. Born on the 23rd of January, 1919, in hetton le which I didn't know was a place. Uh, I knew he was from, from County Durham. I didn't realise hetton le was the name of the, uh, the town he was from. It's part of the city of Sunderland, if you weren't aware. So we do have one great person from Sunderland in our history. Um, and Bob spent, you know, the better part of... His life with Liverpool joined in 1939 from Bishop Auckland. Obviously, the, the Second World War broke out, so he wasn't able to make his debut for the club up until 1946, uh, seven years after joining. He was made club captain in 1951, and he remained with the team until he retired in 1954 at the age of 35. At that point, he became reserve team coach and club physiotherapist, and he served in those roles for five years until Bill Shankly joined the club as manager and made Bob his assistant manager and formed the famous boot room with Joe Fagan, Reuben Bennett, and obviously um, there were other people in and around over the years, uh, Ronnie Moran, Roy Evans, others would come and go. But the core of it, Shankly, Paisley, Fagan and Reuben Bennett. So he serves as assistant manager until 1973 when Liverpool get the bombshell of bombshells as Bill Shankly announces that he's retiring from managing Liverpool Football Club. And most people at this point have seen the, the video footage of the news reporter 
going around the city and asking people for their opinions on the news. Now, this is obviously many, many years before social media or, you know, influencers breaking news before it's actually happened. It's many years before the advent of Sky Television, the 24-hour sports coverage. So despite the fact that there'd been a press conference at Anfield to announce that Bill Shankly was stepping down, the people of the city had no idea because they wouldn't find out until perhaps the six o'clock news or until they saw if there was an evening edition of the newspaper or they might not find out till the next day when they saw the next day's newspaper. So as he's walking around asking people, people are accusing him of lying and they're visibly upset by this news because, because of what Bill Shankly had done for the club because of what he had meant to the club, to the city and to the people. Now, that last season under Shanks, which is 73-74, was the last season. We won the FA Cup, finished second in the league, went out early in the European Cup, but still, overall, pretty good season. The previous season, we'd won the league and UEFA Cup, which was a proper season. So Bob takes over, and in his first season, he finishes second, and we end up trophyless. We do win the charity shield, but we're a big club, so we don't count that. We're not Arsenal. Second season, he wins the league and the UEFA Cup. We get to the fourth round of the FA Cup, the third round of the League Cup. And you look at the names of the players in that 75-76 squad, Ray Clements, was our greatest ever goalkeeper until Allison joined the club. Emlyn Hughes, if you're making an all-time Liverpool eleven, and you are looking at it as an all-time Liverpool eleven, Emlyn Hughes is going to be in that team. Phil Neal, up until Trent, became Trent, the greatest right-back in club history. Tommy Smith, Phil Thompson, Two incredible players, Chrissy Lawler, Alec Lindsay. I mean, these are names that just jump off the page at you. In midfield, Ian Callaghan, Jimmy Case, Steve Highway, Ray Kennedy, Terry McDermott, Peter Cormack. And then in attack, you've got Toshak, you've got Keegan, you've got David Fairclough, and you've got Phil Borsma, who probably more notable in a lot of ways for his spell as Graeme Souness's assistant um, because he left in 75, went on to Middlesbrough, played for Luton and Swansea after that. But those are, that's a who's who of all-time Liverpool greats. And they delivered two major trophies in Bob's second year. In Bob's third year, they start the year winning the Charity Shield. Again, it's not a trophy, but it's nice to win that friendly. They win the European Cup 
for the first time in club history and retain the league title. And again, it's, you know, very similar squad. These great names, couple of players have moved on. Chris Lawler had retired. You've still got Hughes, Neil, Smith and Thompson. Clements, Callahan, Highway, Sammy Lee, Ray Kennedy, Terry McDermott, Jimmy Case, Peter Cormack. Like, what a group of players. David Johnson is another that now makes an appearance. In the 77-78 season, year four now for Bob, we finished second in the league, what Bob would call the bad times. But we do make up, make up for it by winning the European Cup for the second time. We also won the European Super Cup as well as sharing the charity shield. This is why the charity shield is not a real trophy, because it could be shared. Um, we finished as runners-up in the League Cup that year as well. A couple of notable additions to the squad. Steve Grisovic, best known, obviously, for his spell with Coventry City. Um, a man whose nose was broken probably more times than anybody in the history of football. He's also, for those that aren't aware, a very, very high-level cricketer who most likely could have had a great career as a cricketer if he hadn't made it as a footballer with, with Coventry. He, he did the cricket thing after leaving us while playing for Shrewsbury. But there's more notable names in this squad. Alan Hansen, Graeme Souness, and Kenny Dogleash. We sold Kevin Keegan, who at that point was arguably a top top three player in world football. I think that'd be a fair assertion. We sold him and we signed the three Scots. And those three Scots would become three of our best players of all time. Graeme Souness is the best midfielder we've ever had. Kenny might be the best player we've ever had. Certainly the greatest player. I would still, not to get into it, but I would still have, I would say Suarez is the best player we've ever had. But Kenny is the greatest player we've ever had because he has longevity and because he has the honours. And Alan Hansen was the greatest defender we'd ever had until we landed Virgil. Um, But now you see, you've got Bob now. Four years in. He's won two league titles, two European Cups, and a UEFA Cup in four years. 1978-79, Liverpool win the league. 1979-80, Liverpool win the league. Get to the semi-final of both domestic cups. Avi Cohn arrives, Kevin Sheedy, best known, obviously, for his time at Everton. He breaks through from the academy. Howard Gale, Frank McGarvey, Colin Irwin, Brian Kettle, a lot of young players and players that have been found in the lower leagues, which is what Liverpool were always best at. Great players have moved on, but 
we continually find ways to replace them. In 1980-81, we finished fifth in the league, by far Bob's lowest finish to date. We're not in the European Cup. We are in the European Cup. What am I saying? We are in the European Cup. (laughs) We are in the European Cup. Because we win the European Cup in 1981. We also win the League Cup in 1981. Bruce Grobelar arrives at the club. Ronnie Whelan makes his breakthrough. Ian Rush arrives at the club. Still great players all over the place. In defence, you're looking at Neil, Hansen, Thompson, Alan Kennedy. Goalkeepers are Clements, Agrizovich and Grobelar. There can't be many times in history where one club has had three goalkeepers of that standard on their books at the same time. Now, obviously, Agrizovich, it's what he later became rather than what he was there, but he he was a great goalkeeper for Coventry. Um, Midfield, Jimmy Kay, Steve Highway, Sammy Lee, Ray Kennedy, Terry McDermott, Kevin Sheedy, Graham Sunes, Ronnie Whelan. Every one of them is an outstanding footballer. And in attack, you've got Kenny, Howard Gale, David Johnson, Ian Rush, and Colin Russell. 81-82, we win the league, righting the wrong of the previous season, and we win the League Cup. Clemens is gone. Bruce is now first choice. Mark Lawrenson has arrived at the club. Steve Nichol has arrived at the club. And the squad just continues to go from strength to strength. 82-83. We win the league. And we win the League Cup. Grusevich is gone. He's replaced by Bob Wardle. Uh, John McGregor is a new addition. Craig Johnston. Probably better known worldwide for developing the Adidas Predator boot, um, for which you'd hope he's pretty close to a billionaire for now. Um, but obviously we we know him as a, a great player for us. Um, David Hodgson, David Fairclough. Yeah, pretty, pretty strong squad. And then finally, Bob decides at the end of that 82-83 season that he's going to step down and he hands the reins to Joe Fagan obviously and Joe wins a domestic treble league league cup and European cup and was very quick to praise Bob for what he inherited and the foundations that were there but you look at Bob's run there nine years and he won a trophy every year bar the first one Every year, bar the first one. Six league titles in nine years. Three league cups and a runner-up once. Never won the FA Cup, but did finish as the runner-up. Three European Cups and the UEFA Cup. Back when the UEFA Cup, excuse me, was every bit as hard to win as the European Cup. Back when that competition held real prestige. 
Just consider that for a nine-year run. Six league titles, three league cups, three European cups, and a UEFA cup in nine years. Winning silverware in eight of nine years. Football manager of the year, six times in nine years. And what's crazy is that when he retired, he was only 64. Like, it's not like he was an old man. He was only 64. Now, you'd expect him to have managed another five, six, seven years. I mean, Ferguson was 70, wasn't he? When he retired. Alex... Ferguson was 72 when he retired. Imagine if Bob had done another eight years. He would have won the European Cup for a fourth time. He would have won another league title, another league cup. Not to say, to knock anything that Joe Fagan accomplished, but I think it's fair to say that Bob would have won the same. It was Bob's team. Now, at the end of that year, things started to change because Sunes left and then the following year, um, Heisel happened and obviously resulted in a ban from Europe. But I still think he would have dominated domestically. I mean, Kenny takes over in 85, wins the double that first year, wins the league in 88, should have won the double that year wins the FA Cup in 89, again, should have won the double. I mean, if Bob had stayed through the the end of that decade, he probably gets his FA Cup. He probably gets two or three of them. And I think he probably wins three, if not four more league titles and the European Cup that he would have won in 84, plus the League Cup they won that year. It's incredible what he accomplished in just nine years. So when when people talk about the greatest managers of all time, you find me the, the nine-year run that tops what he did. Even Mourinho's first 10 years, which are incredible, don't top that. And I think that 10-year run by Mourinho is more impressive than any 10 years of Guardiola, whether it's the first 10 or you work back from now, because he's only going to have one European Cup in that, is Pep. Because or you have two in the first 10. But if you work back from now, he'd only have one. Bob won three in nine years. And Bob won it without having the deck stacked in his favour. Bob didn't take over a team that was running away with the league year upon year upon year. He had to build that. Shankly obviously left great foundations, but Bill only won the league three times in his 15 years. 
two FA Cups and the UEFA Cup. He he built the foundations. He built the club. But it was Bob Paisley who then built the team that conquered all of Europe. Like Shankly leaving then would be the equivalent of Klopp leaving now. Probably even more of a hammer blow because of where he took Liverpool from and where he left. But both of them retired young. Both of them retired young. Shankly was only he was 60 pushing 61 when he retired. Bob was 64, like I said. They likely had many years they could have managed. Now, obviously, Shankly dies in 81. At the height of our dominance, Bill Shankly passes away. Bob Paisley passed away in 1996. That was the year we were trying to win the FA Cup in his honour. And them lads turned up wearing the white suits. Uh, he won honours at a rate of 2.2 per season, a rate only surpassed by Pep Guardiola. But, but, Pep has had the deck stacked in his favour more than any manager in history. And I, I would put no stock in his accomplishments with Bayern Munich because his Super Cup and World Club Cup were based off the previous manager winning the European Cup. He won three league titles in a row. Do you know why I know that's meaningless? Because every manager since has also won the league title. Every one of them, including ones that were sacked for not being good enough. They all won the league title. The guy before him won the league title. So there's there's no stock to be put in his Bayern Munich success. There's no stock to be put in his Manchester City success because it's all the result of cheating. The only the only thing you'd really give him credit for is his time at Barcelona, where he wins three league titles, two European Cups in what was it, five years, four years? You'd give him credit for that. But at the same time, he took over a team that was, you know, Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, etc. Busquets. I know he promoted Busquets into the first team, but I mean, I don't think that was really a stretch. I don't think anybody was really like, oh, maybe he's good enough. You know, we'll see how this fella turns out. He's pretty clearly an unbelievably good player. But you'd give him huge credit for the Barcelona time, but not for Bayern and not for City. But with Paisley, there's just no way to do anything other than load praise on him for what he accomplished. There's no nine-year run of Ferguson that matches what Paisley did. Ferguson has longevity. In 26 years or however long he spent at Castle Grayskull, 27 years it might have been. But he only won two European Cups. I know he has all his league titles and congrats on them, but that's longevity. It took you that long to win that many. Paisley would have got to 10 had he stayed till the end of the decade. I'm absolutely convinced of it. 
he would have got to 10. He would have won the league in 84. He'd have won it in 86. He'd have won it in 88. And he'd have won it in 89. There's no way Arsenal come and beat us at Anfield, no matter what's happened. There's no way Arsenal come and beat us at Anfield. So he'd have had 10 league titles had he stayed till 89. At which point he would have been 69 years of age and 60, 70, he would have been 70. Which would have been fair enough if he wanted to retire at that point. But he would have retired with 10 league titles in 15 years. And another European Cup. And probably, a, you know, three FA Cups. It, it's just, it's incompre- incomprehensible how good he was. And it, how, the simplicity of it all. Like, you, you listen to his former players talk about what he was like. And there was no, there was no attempts to seem like the smartest guy in the room. There was just no attempts at all to seem like the smartest guy in the room. He wasn't some tactically innovative manager. He just set his team out to play, drilled them really well, made sure they were perfectly prepared made sure he had the right players for what he wanted and he sent them out to play. That's the genius of it. So happy birthday, Bob. You remain massively missed. Um, This is Anfield today. 10 key things to know with the Reds 90 minutes from Wembley. Uh, Let's have a look and see. Uh, Team news. Andy Robertson is fit to join the squad. Dominic and Trent most likely not back till the weekend, but, you know, good to have them coming back anyway. Uh, Cody Gakbo looking to become the first ever Liverpool player to register a goal in five successive matches in this competition. When you consider the, the history of Liverpool in this competition, that's pretty impressive. Uh, there's no away goals, so penalties are a possibility. Were they to win 1-0, the game would go to penalties. We don't want penalties. There's no extra time. Oh, is there like, oh there is extra time. Oh, there is extra time, which is just horrible. Let's just get this one put to bed nice and early, lads. I don't want any part of extra time. Um, not a foregone conclusion. Um, yeah, they're good at home. They've won six of their ten home games. They did knock out Spurs back in the second round of the competition. Uh, positive away fortunes. We have six wins from 11 away games. We've just had a solid win away at Bournemouth. Uh, hunt for double figures. Liverpool are bidding to become the first team in the competition's history to win it 10 times. Um, the other finalists that year were Chelsea. Oh, actually, this is interesting. So, saw a Chelsea fan bragging yesterday about their fantastic record in the Cups in recent years. So, they win the League Cup in 2015 under Mourinho. Right, 2016, they don't do anything of note. 2017, 
they get to the FA Cup final and lose. 2018, they get to the FA Cup final and win. 2019, they get to the EFL Cup final and lose. 2020, they get to the FA Cup final and lose. 2021, they get to the FA Cup final and lose. 2022, they get to the FA Cup final and the EFL Cup final and lose both of them. This fellow was trying to brag that they've lost a bunch of cup finals. Magnificent stuff. Um, Liverpool have been in the last four of this competition 19 times in 58 attempts. And of the 18 that have taken place so far prior to this, this year's, we've reached the final 13 times. So let's make it 14 finals and 10 wins this year. Um, Fulham haven't beaten us at Craven Cottage in 12 years. Well, that's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, Liverpool are quietly putting together another impressive cup run with a perfect record in 2024 so far and five consecutive victories in all competitions. A draw will be enough to send Liverpool to the final, but a victory in another statement performance would do confidence no harm. Uh, the referee is Simon Hooper, um, who's who's just not good, but he shouldn't be blamed for the Luis Diaz goal because that wasn't his fault, nor was the Curtis Jones red card, really. Um, and to be fair, I, I think Jota deserved to get sent off, but he is a bad referee. Um, this is Anfield. We'll have their live match day blog from 7.15. Uh, no mention of who is running it tonight, but it's always good, so do check that out. Uh, there's a suggested lineup. There's um, Liverpool confirm Scotland transfer for midfielder recalled from loan. I assume this is James Balagizzi. He's on his way to Kilmarnock. Um, Luke Chambers did pretty well up there last year so i'm sure he'll i'm sure that that's a good spot for him um uefa president insists we know we were right to ban man city from europe it's not great when the uefa president is just so openly saying yeah we know we were right but they're still allowed play like everybody knows that they're cheats so why has it been allowed? Because of political pressure? Is that is that all? Like, it's just, it's horrifying how corrupt this game has become. Uh, Liverpool and talks for all or nothing style documentary, which Jurgen Klopp vetoed before. Um, but it appears, it appears like he's he's on board with doing it now. So, you know, nothing happens at the club without Jürgen's okay. So if, if we do an all or nothing or whatever it is, Klopp will have given the green light to it. Uh, Liverpool.com is a piece about Alexis. New Kylian Mbappe demand could decide next transfer. Anyone else bored of Kylian Mbappe and his demands? Baffled. Liverpool, 44 million transfer 
decision questioned as new Javier Mascherano overlooked in no way, shape or form is Andre the new Javier Mascherano. Uh, Tim Vickery claims he's baffled by it, but I mean, what just played him and you'll see that he doesn't really fit. There's no... There's no role for him at Liverpool now. If we hadn't signed Gravenberg, yeah, we'd probably have gone back for him. But he's nothing like Javier Mascherano. Considering the success of Brazilian sentiment fielders like Joe Gomes and Douglas Weasel in English football, yeah, two lads that aren't defensive midfielders. We're not looking for another central midfielder. We have a full complement of them. And he's just unfortunate that he's been squeezed out because he's not a defensive midfielder, despite what clowns on the internet want to tell you. Now, he's never said, Tim Vickery's never said Andre's a defensive midfielder because Tim Vickery actually watches football. But people deciding that he is a defensive midfielder and then it's it's outlets like Liverpool.com really that have done it so often. Um, Liverpool and Arsenal, I ace Alexis McAllister loves as Victor Osman's next move decided. I'm not sure why Victor Osman's next move being decided is in any way Liverpool related because we've never really been interested or shown interest. Um, okay. Oh, so the player that Alexis has apparently recommended is Ezekiel Fernandez of Boca Juniors. He's really good. And he is a defensive midfielder. I would take him in a heartbeat, without question. He would work very well in our team. Very, very well. Liverpool transfer news as low ball 51 million bid prepared and linked wonder kid agrees Atletico move. So the linked wonder kid is Arthur Vermeeren. Oh, and uh, some shite outlet in, in in Italy is claiming that we're going to bid thirty eight million for Taylor Coop Miners, but the asking price is fifty five. Um, thirty eight would be too much for Taylor Coop Miners. As good, he's a good player, but it would be thirty eight would be too much for him. Uh, Liverpool transfer news as twenty million talks begin. And Brazil Wonder Kid eyed up amid release clause. Um, Belil Al Canas is the Wonder Kid. And Luis, oh no, Belil Al Canas is the 20 million bid that apparently we're considering. Um, he's, he's incredibly gifted. And then Luis Guilherme is the 17 year old that apparently we are interested in. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? We've never bought from South America under Jürgen, um, despite the fact that we've scouted the area extensively. So I, I just don't think he's willing to take that kind of risk. Um, let's see. On AnfieldIndex.com, there is a preview of tonight's game. Uh, there is Dave Davis having a look at tonight's game. There's a report about Connor Bradley running like Steven Gerrard, which he just doesn't. Um, 
Liverpool eyeing new stars in transfer hunt. Okay. And then podcast-wise, there is the new Media Matters with Dave Davis and David Lynch. There is the new Scout with myself and Carl. And then there is a new Under Pressure with Dan Kennett, Hamza and Phil Barter. So do give all of those a listen and I will see you all on Raw tonight and then here tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.